classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now, I must shed innocent blood. Come with me. beard and brain podcast where the beard gets weird we interview interesting people about interesting things i am your co-host Britton c griffin and as always joining me is my hetero life mate joe hinton today we have a special guest cole crutchfield with us as we dive deep into sawin the festival that later became halloween what's up guys how you doing what's up joel What's up, Cole? What's up? What's up, fam? All right, folks, turn on the lights, check under your beds, and lock the doors. It's about to get spooky on Beard and Brain. So we can just go in and dive in. Ooh. Ooh. So, um, everybody, this is a, uh, I guess, festive-ish style podcast we're going to throw here. We're going to go into uh, the origins of Halloween, which is called Samhain, spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. I don't know how you get Samhain from that, <laughs> um, but it does come from old Irish language, and it means summer's end. So, uh, celebrated by ancient Celts throughout Europe, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland, it, um, <clears throat> it basically marks the last day of summer. Or the first day of winter, and uh, it's also the uh, end of the harvest season, and serves as a transitional period from the year's lighter and darker halves. So you you kind of have um, basically like a breakdown or a celebration, and like the uh, solstice. Okay, cool. So again, it's uh, it's pronounced Sawin. I don't know how they get that from. Yeah, I thought like I, it, lo- I had, it looks like Sam Hine or something. Yes, yeah, Sam Hine or, or something. Hain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's actually pronounced Sawin. Um, but so it's Sawin. Yeah, Sawin. Gotcha. All right. All right. Let's had see. to get the phonetics down before I could continue. My bad. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I've actually had to look up a few of this stuff with the um, pronunciations just to try to get close. Because the with this being old Irish, you know, it's of course gonna be kinda hard. Yeah. Um, but Sawin is held during a time where winter preparations are made, <clears throat> crops are being harvested, you know, animals rounded up for sacrifice or you know, to be housed for the winter, um, for breeding for next year. Um, so you know, so on and so forth. Also a time uh, where matters such as, you know, inaugurations of new kings, uh, debts are to be repaid, you know, kind of like a almost a retrograde, if you will, like a revisit back to, you know, earlier things that took place the year, you know, tying loose ends. Um, where they would bag up the lease in their yard. Yeah. <laughs> they even say that, like, trials for, like, uh, like horrid crimes would take place. So if somebody did some, like, crazy, hor- horrendous shit during the summer or, like, early <laughs> in the spring or something, like, typically during the 
you know, end of the year is when they would they would do that. I guess that's where a lot of the, um, you know, kind of death and. So they just like let him go. It's like we know you. We know you just killed someone, but we'll let you have a good summer. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Kind of like sit and rot for a while, like the trials. It seems like most of the cultures, though, in like Western Europe and the you know Western civilization, like South America, Mexico, and um, I think even Indians had some form of it. But they all seem to have some type of celebration. It seems around like the harvest moon. Um, you know, like the best example I can think of right now is Dia de los Muertos on November fourth. Yeah, was that the uh, Day of the Dead, right? Yeah, yeah, that's um definitely got a lot of, and and you'll see, you know, later on you'll be able to pick that out to where it's almost like Halloween ended up being just like a little piece of that, and a little piece of this tradition, and a little piece of that religion, and stuff like that. Uh, it's definitely um. A mixed bag, if you will. So, was it after like a specific religion, or is it just like an Irish culture thing, like as a whole? Let's see. Um, I think it. I think it is early on, like Celtic um, Ireland, because they say that Rome, which I'll get into in a minute, like uh, the the Romans early on when they invaded England and in Europe and all that. That's when they came in and kind of the early mixing started. Okay. Yeah, so basically as time grew on, it was easier and easier for Christianity to basically swallow those traditions of Samhain, and it, and it proved to be more effective rather than, you know, trying to stamp it out of history. You know, they right. were able to convert more followers that way, and that's basically where that started up to, uh, you know, where they started to mix and stuff. But it started out as an ancient, you know, Celtic or pagan festival. So, you know, if you had to link it to a religion, I guess the, you know, the pagans or ancient Celts. Okay, interesting. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, uh, the year was split into two halves, a lighter and a darker half. And also um, that, that uh, Sam, Sam, Sam went, or whatever, Samhain, excuse me, <clears throat> it, it marked the uh, Celtic New Year. So it was like the last, kind of like Christmas towards the end of the, uh, the year. And uh, our actual New Year's Eve and New Year's Day are like the last two. Samhain was the you know, last, you know, hoorah before the, the Celtic New Year. So they actually celebrated the change in seasons four times a year, similar to what we do. Um, the first one is called Imbolc, and it's halfway between the winter solstice and spring equinox. That's Imbolc, I-M-B-O-L-K. Uh, the second one is Beltine halfway between the spring equinox and summer solstice. That's B-E-L-T-A-N-E. And then you've got Lug Nasahad, halfway between the summer solstice and fall equinox. That's L-U-G-H-N-A-S-A-D-H. And then, last but not least, our topic today, Samwin. Sawin. Sam Hain. Sam Hain. However many different names it's probably been called. That one is halfway between the fall equinox and winter solstice. So you've got all four of those. Basically, they kind of would celebrate each time, you know, you would go into a new season. Uh, and we kind of do that, too. 
here in America, we kind of yeah. celebrate that. Different holidays will mark that, but yeah. So basically, you got the two halves that are split down the middle, and then the the four quarters being Embolk, Beltine, Lognasad, and Sawin. Interesting. Okay. So I guess we'll... this all stems from a Celtic thing. Yeah, yeah. Celtic and you know, pagan. Europe, uh, specifically like Scotland or Ireland yeah. mainly, and including Wales and shit like that. So a lot of my bloodline is from Wales descent and also Scandinavian. Same. Most of mine are Irish, German, and... Norwegian. Well, <clears throat> you started to get a lot of those changes I was bringing up when uh, the Romans invade. So the Romans invaded somewhere around 43 to 87 AD. They invaded under the rule of Emperor Cladius, and they too held autumn festivals. So, you know, it's naturally that over time that they eventually took parts of both harvest festivals and kind of blended them piece by piece. So that is basically when you start to get the blend of the uh, pagan festivals with, you know, more Christian, Catholic-ish kind of deals here. Um, the, the Romans specifically, though, their harvest festival was centered around a fruit goddess. They honored the fruit goddess Pomona. Even after, uh, yeah, even after Catholicism took over, Pomona was still honored and remained a staple in the festivals. Um, so Pomona was like a really big part of the uh, the Roman harvest festivals and pretty much stayed, even if inadvertently, a part of their, you know, traditions. So where did like Pomona fall in with like the Christian mythology? Like, was that part of it? Or like just like a separate thing? No, this was early on. I would say uh, not even really like like a major figure, but early enough to where I mean I would say Pomona herself fell out of, and that's why I say inadvertently. I would think Pomona herself fell out of popularity and the tradition, but the things that stayed was like um, the, her main fruit being, or the most important fruit being the apple. Yeah. So, like, some of the traditions being, like, bobbing for apples or something, for example, those little okay. parlor games and stuff like that ended up staying. I don't really think it was, like, like, she was definitely honored for, like, that time of year, maybe as a god that you would, like, say a prayer or something for as you're, like, harvesting your crop or something, but I don't think it was something as deeply rooted as, like, you know, land in the Bible or something. Yeah, well, that's interesting because a lot of, yeah. like... Christianity and like well, that Judaism, that didn't come like, till a little bit later, I think. Okay, so it's like bef- like pre Christianity then. This is like yeah, ancient Roman. Okay, I, I, see. I even read from what I've interpreted that Pope Boniface the Fourth was the one that wanted to Christianize everything, mm-hmm. and I think that's around the seventh century. Okay, so where we at like six oh nine? So, um, in an effort to steal the day away from the pagan, he declared November first All Saints Day. And I think it, that was official May 13th, 609 AD. So Pope Boniface wanted to be the guy who Christianized the festival, you know, making it more less paganish and more of kind of his thing. So after the Romans invaded, you know, hundreds of years later on, the intermingling of the two, 
you have this, you know, bony face dude come in. I don't know if that's really how you pronounce it, but that's what I'm calling him. Bony face. I heard it in a <laughs> bony face. Yeah, that's what I heard in that video. Hilarious. I don't think it's, yeah, it's supposed to be pronounced that way or something. Though. Yeah, Pope bony face. He looked like he had a bony face too. You know, punch it. Punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, something interesting of note, another name for a saint is hallowed. That's pretty badass, isn't it? Mm. Name's pretty cool. Hallowed. The Hallowed. <laughs> oh, it makes so much like the Iron Maiden song makes so much more sense now. Really? <laughs> Hallowed be thy name? Yeah. Yeah. Hallowed be thy name. Like I, right. I never thought that'd be like a reference to the whole, you know, prayer and all that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> November 1st, I think, became All Saints Day or All Hallowed All Hallowed Day, and respectively gotcha. creating October 31st, All Saints Day Eve, or All Hallowed Day Eve, or All Hallows Day Eve. Mm-hmm. That's where the Halloween kind of started to blend in. You know how we always make shit easier every year, I guess? Yeah. Blend words yeah. together, stuff like that. But that's basically what I know as far as... <laughs> you know, my brief education on, you know, what the original Sawin stood for as far as the split of the year and their different, you know, it being the fourth of their festivals they um, mm-hmm. celebrate each year and it being one of the most important ones because it brings in the Celtic New Year, you know. Yeah. And then how also the Romans, when they invaded Britain and England and or Europe and all that or whatever um, at the time, Europe under Emperor Claudius, that's when the blending of all that started. You know, they, they started to imprint, you know, different traditions with Pomona and the apples and all the different fruits. That's very cool. Interesting. Yeah. I, I saw that uh, the reason that, like, the spookiness comes in is because they believe that during that time, like, the uh, veil between, like, the uh, R dimension and the spirit dimension is, like, uh, thinned. Yes. So, like, more spirits can come in. And, like, they, they thought that that's when, like, uh, you know, their ancestors and relatives kind of came up from the grave. So, like, the way that the reason that, like, kids go, like, you know, house to house asking for candy, knock on the door was because, you know, families would set out uh, stuff from their harvest for their ancestors who, you know, would come back from the dead, I guess, as a spirit form during this time when the veil was thinned. And uh, I think, like, kids or people would go door to door, like, knocking and, like, kind of, like, taking the... Uh, the treats from people's doors or something like something in the uh, vein of that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the spirit and the human realm uh, believed, um, I guess the barrier between the two to be the most thinnest during yeah. that time. So I wonder like what originated that? Like did someone just pull that out of their ass or did they like, did people start noticing like weird shit going on? You know, during, yeah, during the basically fall. they believed it to be a liminal time is what it said. Um, yeah. Basically means that the barrier between the human and spirit realm are at its thinnest. Um, the living and dead co-mingle and return home, if you will. So mm-hmm. since the veil is so thin, it allows the spirits to cross over into our realm. Uh, these spirits were called the Ishi. It's spelled like somewhere like O-I-S-S-I, but it's pronounced the Ishi. Uh, they were deemed the the mischievous and dangerous like spirits or whatever. 
Um, some actually believe that the Ishi or the spirits that they would entertain or like try to like give, you know, praise or worship to were, you know, tormented and leftover ancient gods from religions that people didn't worship anymore. Okay. And then why? That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's spooky. It was also um, believed that the spirits, you know, the Ishii had to be satisfied for the survival of crops and livestock, you know, from through the winter and everything. So they really had a heavy believing that, you know, if if they didn't do this, that, you know, some bad shit was going to happen, their crops wouldn't survive or a cattle slain or something like that. So the but beginning of... Sorry? Did they sacrifice children? Man, um... Put a pin in that. No, put a pin in that, honestly, because I have a bit on that if we have time. I do have a bit on that. All right. For real, put a pin in that, dude. That's wild that you bring that up. I saved, like, the sinister shit for last and tried to just get to, like, the most basic, you know, you know, what you're going to see uh, scratching the surface. Um, but the beginning of the uh, ceremony would be like um, a candle like lit ceremony or a little vigil or something where everybody would light up the candles and you know say a prayer or some kind of offering. Um, they would also put out fruits and drinks outside, and that's when the bonfires really started to become part of the tradition. And it's really a huge part of the tradition, and you're gonna see it like plastered if you start to dig into Sawin and the traditions of Halloween. Like bonfires are a focal point. It's where people meet. It's also brought in a lot of um, staples to Halloween, like bats, why bats are associated with Halloween, because when you have a big bonfire, you're lighting up, what, outside the dark, you're exposing the nocturnal creatures that normally you don't see. So bats would really be associated with that time of year and the bonfires. Um, they would, but, they would, they would um, summon the annoying cousin that brought in the acoustic lyre <laughs> and started playing songs for everyone. Yeah, dude. We all know what he's playing. Yeah. He's playing Wonderwall. Exactly. Yeah, but dude, <laughs> bonfires <laughs> being a <laughs> bonfires being a huge part of the di- of the what's that? That if you don't know how to play Wonderwall, can you really play guitar? <laughs> no. No. Unless you hate Wonderwall. And even then, you still know how to play it. <laughs> Dude, every time my friend gets drunk at my house, he picks up my acoustic guitar and fucking throws that capo on and plays Wonderwall. Oh my god. Call me him. next time. Stop him. Oh, send him outside and send yeah. him to my window. <laughs> yeah. Throw him out. God. Oh man. Anyways, uh we were on bonfires. Bonfires being a huge part of the tradition. Um they were uh mainly to light up or help the spirits find their way as they returned home. And uh, again, they would lay out huge tables of food and drinks to welcome them almost. You know what I mean? So like uh yeah. people that had died you know, and I, I even saw like um, right early America after the Civil War, you know, you had so many dead people and bodies like laying around that unclaimed and nobody knew who they were. So like some people would even like take it upon them to try to do 
you know, the right thing as far as rituals and pray on them and like, you know, bury the dead, do certain things. And, you know, that, that would be a part of it too. Those would be the spirits and stuff finding their way home or returning home. And, you know, that each year that they would do, they would lay out, you know, an offering for, um, and, and, you know, during the bonfires too, you know, old parlor games, such as, you know, the bobbing for apples that we mentioned earlier, that ties in with the Roman culture of, uh, Pomona, um, you know, they would have old parlor games with really unusual methods and, um, you know, things like dream interpretations, future telling regarding death and marriage, you know, who's going to get married and stuff. And I forget, they, you know, they would have a certain little game they'd play and, you know, whoever won that game would, you know, they, they said that you're the next to be married. Simple uh-huh. times, man. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff though. You know, I can, I can really envision it, but. It seems like their community was way more tightly knit than it is now. Like if everyone, they got like everyone to come together. Like well, that. yeah, you're not distracted by you know globally connecting. You weren't connected. You were right. you were there in the moment, which a balance I believe in. But you know, nature, baby, yeah, you gotta have cool. a balance. Because yeah, I don't even like know my some of my neighbors that live like, you know. A couple of meters from my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and these people are coming here predicting marriage with their people, neighbors and stuff. Well, it's typically the younger groups, you know, the the younger folks. It was like how they had parties, you know. Yeah. I'm sure there was probably that. some, you know, little apple cider that was probably sitting out for a while. It would get oh, yeah. you jacked. Oh, yeah. But, you know, that's basically where the, the parlor tricks of, you know, apple bobbing came around. You know, roasting knots was popular. Um, I don't know what the hell pouring egg whites into water would do, but apparently they used to pour egg whites into water. Tastes like shit. Yeah, fuck all that. Um, But, you know, how, like, you would throw the, the ghost sheet on oh, yeah. to, like, you know, you know, cut the little holes in it or whatever? That actually came from like winding sheets or sheets that you would throw over dead bodies, you know, to cover them up. <laughs> so you're like, really? you're literally, yeah, not only are you trying to be the ghost, it's like directly related to death. So, so who started that one? I think that goes back into probably the, you know, pre or excuse me, post Civil War stuff. You know, mm. there's a lot of death, you got to cover it up and, you know, they had like a process, I guess, to it to, yeah. to properly, I'll say it, dispose of a body. But they'll try to do it ritualistically to where they, you know, fits their social norms or morales or whatever. Mm-hmm. They call those mores or some. I forget. But the bonfire, uh, the bonfires, dude, definitely seem to be a, a massive part of that. And uh, we touched on the bats already, which I thought was cool. I didn't really think of that. They didn't really have like a fucking flashlight or anything, did they? <laughs> they uh, just be like, hey, look a bat. <laughs> Some of the first times the the ancient Celtic people actually got a good look at a bat. <laughs> yeah, bats are creepy too. And that's when the first person got the Wuhan. <laughs> yeah, this is where coronavirus started. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> I think uh, the the witches got the worst of it, though. They got the worst of the worst. Uh, black cats, brooms, all that stuff was brought in the spotlight. 
um, during uh, like the witch trial era, but witches as a staple, as far as like a symbol, you know, they definitely got the worst. Dude, they were literally burned at the stake. Oh, yeah. So you can't have, you know, a Samhain festival without talking about witches. Yeah, but did you see so, um, or listen to what the fuck was? I'm trying to remember the dude's name, but there was some research found that basically suggests that the people in that community at that time, like in Salem and stuff, mm-hmm. were in. And we're ingesting a form of lysergic acid. So they, there's all this research that goes, but there's a new book that came out recently um, from some guy who's studying ayahuasca and other stuff, but I'll put the name in the show notes and all that just for reference. Um, but yeah, so basically they were showing how like lysergic acid and other you know, psychedelic compounds have been in history since, you know, as far as we know, at least 6,000 years BCE. Hmm. So interesting. And one of the things they found was the people that were living in like the Salem um, area for like the witch trials and all that. There is, I I don't remember exactly how they found the data, but there was really, really high levels of suggestion that there is lysergic acid. And a lot of these older, old communities that weren't really into the naturalist portion, such as, like, you know, Native American stuff and South Americans, they ate acid. I mean, they ate mushrooms, sorry, I correct that, and ayahuasca and stuff. <clears throat> but a lot of these kind of, like, Western Puritans would essentially make a juice or wine or alcohol of sort with a psychedelic compound. And so, long story short, there's just evidence that suggests that they were basically tripping during this time, which very well could have attributed to their irrational thinking. Yeah, I've always taken the um, approach that the witches themselves were not what they said they were. Um, I, I choose to believe that witches were probably your, um, what, what I would say, modern day like astrologers, healers, or even like um, herbal herbal influ- enthusiasts, like, like healing crystals and stuff like that, like d- different abstract ways of healing yourself and like thought preservation and things like that, I think were probably what they considered witches. You know, it's even more so prevalent now that we see that people are, they don't like things that aren't like them. And I think that was pretty much that in a nutshell. I mean, they, they would do things a little more abstract than normal for the times and they didn't like that so so you're saying that every of course they're freaking girl out. on instagram would be burned at the stake dude i mean a lot of them yeah i mean the i don't know nowadays you have people that just you know see and want to do everybody's like a like a repeater box or something yeah. you know like there's no substance there just on the outside you're this is bullshit image but really on the inside you really have no idea what you want you secretly hate yourself mm-hmm. you know what i mean i mean we, i've been there but, you know, you reinvent yourself and create, you know, something like that. But, I, yeah, I think that, you know, some of the people right now that I know that do, you know, tarot card readings or that may dive into the occult, you know, those are the people that are probably persecuted in the time, burned at the stake, you know, for no damn reason, I think. I mean, unless you're out there, you know, trying to put a spell on somebody, then... You know, maybe they deserve it, maybe they don't. You know, who am I to say that? Yeah. But to eat a bunch of acid 
and go and burn some people at the stake because you're scared. <laughs> Seems to be a little weird. But I don't know. I, I I do think the witches definitely got the worst of that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they got Tri- a bad rap. Yeah. Trick or treating and the costumes and all that, you could you could tie that back into the Ishii, you know. You would uh dress up so the dead wouldn't recognize you or whatever. So that's kinda how the costumes came about. Uh also the door to door knocking in those costumes was probably early on they were like um praying with with peoples and their neighbors and they would have like i guess the tables set up with different you know food and offerings and stuff like that and i would assume that since costumes were being worn there'd be some sort of show or some some sort of like scary display of some sort and your reward would probably your treat you know would probably be some sort of uh, spice cake or something like that and some drinks of some sort you know, for your trick, your trick being your costume or your scare or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that was called guising or something like that. I don't, I'm probably butchering it, but. Makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty cool shit. The scrying through mirrors, though, seen it seemed to be a dangerous form of witchcraft. That I didn't really dive much into, but I want to. <laughs> Yeah, have you ever heard like, of scrying before? Yeah. You think, you think they just did that so people don't eavesdrop, or do you think they thought that, like, s- like shit got weird when they looked in mirrors or something? I think when you prey on the innocent like that, it brings a certain sort of negativity or vibration that yeah. may that may bring on or awaken or you know, put some sort of negative vibrational back into you being the spirit that people think you get possessed or haunted by. I think it does something to you. I mean, I don't think it's good for you. I think, you know, spying on somebody that's innocent that doesn't know that you're doing it is a negative reaction. And I think what you put out, you get. So, right. I think that's people are doing like, yeah, people are doing something that's like immoral and they know what they're like, that they're doing wrong, it's probably just, you know, it gives them a bad feeling, you know, unless they're a sociopath, but it's a whole different thing. I think that's why they say a dangerous form of witchcraft, because I think there are not dangerous forms of witchcraft. I think there are negative and positive forms. I think there are things, you know, and that's why I'm kind of to the point where I think that the the witches weren't always bad. I think they may have just, you know, not have agreed with the, the prominent rich white dude of the uh, eating all the yeah. acid. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you actually look at like other cultures, like look at the Sumerians, and that was the exact thing. Like the entire Necronomicon is basically going into where Homeboy, I can't remember his name, once again, show notes. But basically, Homeboy was practicing, and you go through like these various stages in alchemy under the Sumerian kind of. Re- I guess we'll say theology and you go through phases and they would basically represent every moon or planet that they were aware of as kind of the most advanced phase. So like you would learn, learn this spell in alchemy and you would have the powers of the moon, which in Sumerian was new or what they said, sin. So that's where the word sin derives from is the goddess new in Sumerian theology 
And then you just keep on going up. Like Marduk was Mars, I think, and he's the one that like actually killed Cthulhu. Cthulhu, however you want to say it. But yeah, basically the whole Necronomicon is based on this guy who kept on advancing the different phases of these different kind of alchemy type spells. And I want to say he went past the Marduk phase, and essentially because he was a mortal. Um, he did not have the ability to really take that effectively, so it made him batshit crazy, and since, or, well, crazy and irresponsible and just ineffective overall, to the point where he couldn't control kind of his powers and the spells he was doing and whatnot, so it released the Owns, who were the ancient ones that hated the humans, and that's why, like, Marduk and... Um, you know, Thoth and all that stuff come from is where they defeated the Owns and whatnot. And, um, yeah, what happened was he did it irresponsibly and he let the portal loose. That's what Evil Dead 2 and Evil Dead is based off of. And it opened up this portal, allowing the Owns and the ancient evil ones that hated humans to enter the world again. And that's what made him mad. So that's essentially the entire Necronomicon. That's super cool. Hmm. That's interesting. But in the old Sumerian religion too, it my point was that that was just a random rant. Was that if you used it properly and without malice, or you know, were responsible about it and were careful, and you progressed through the steps as you're supposed to, and into the next phases, into you know, advance essentially. If you did it properly and with full control, everything is fine. But if you're trying to skip ahead or, you know, do it quick or anything like that, all shit and hell can wreak havoc and whatnot, and you have the outcome such as what happened to the guy in the Necronomicon. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like if you don't know what you're doing and you like, you know, mess around with like the spirit world, even something like as simple as a Ouija board, you you're definitely messing with like uh I don't know, I feel like dark powers almost. I don't want to sound superstitious, but, you know. Yeah. There's definitely been stories of, like, people and, like, people, like, are messing around with tarot cards at, like, a party. It's like a party trick. We don't really know what they're doing. And then, you know, they they read someone's tarot card. Then, like, that person has, like, insane um, sleep. Was it sleep paralysis? Like, when you see, like, figures above your bed or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's been stories when, like, people get, like, insane sleep paralysis and, like, really like weird paranormal things like happen in their house like after the tarot card reading and stuff but i feel like someone who's like knows what they're doing and practices that stuff all the time and you know wants to use it for good not to just mess around with like another realm you know you know it, it's definitely safer that way if that makes sense yeah i mean it's kind of like even the whole um like old school sense or you know the sense that everything's on like vibrational or you know thousands or millions of years of just shit that's recurring you know they say like in physical health and stuff um for instance like bioenergetic breath and stuff like that if you're holding internal pain or emotional pain or something you never dealt with or anything like that then you're basically keeping it contracted in your central nervous system and if you don't take the time, you know, um, to practice it, to get it out and to stretch that out to where it's not there anymore, the, my logic is what I'm saying is it applies to 
those type of vibrations would be like a Ouija board or you're some trying to specifically summon the fucking devil. You know, you're putting these ancient vibrations out there that have occurred thousands, if not millions of times throughout history that you're almost essentially conjuring up those vibes or whatever is associated or correlated with that in doing so, you know, irresponsibly. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I am a firm believer that that uh, Ouija board is some bad shit, dude. It's got some bad juju with it for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're literally just, like, messing around with, like, you know, dark powers, <laughs> if you want to call it that. In the most, like, common question that comes through, will you let me in? Are you there? Nope. Not today, sir. That's what I've heard. Yeah, nope. Dude, I've never messed with the Ouija board, I, but I've always been, like, interested in, I don't know, like, paranormal stuff and, like you know believed in it so i've always thought like you know when you mess around with when you're like going around like you know asking for a trouble you know you'll get it <laughs> essentially yeah oh yeah i don't like any of that bad energy man uh honestly uh harmony has been burning sage since we've been re- recording this podcast and she's actually <laughs> placing our black tourmaline in all the corners of the house really the four <laughs> corners yeah to create a grid of uh black tourmaline uh energy healing I mean, we get into that, dude. That's what I do. You don't like it? I mean, go ahead and knock it. I dare you. Dude, I think I'm summoning something right now because I've got a candlelit, like, blue Christmas lights, all the lights off, and I'm looking at a fucking death metal poster right now. You might be summoning some bad juju. Dude, if I, yeah. But I don't know. You said you got, what, blue lights? Yeah, blue lights are, at least they're not, like, red or purple. Yeah, blue's cool. That's high vibration, you know? Well... I think it's safe to say, I'm pretty sure I don't have bad juju, but I do got some voodoo shit around here. So I always, every time I go to New Orleans, I collect something voodoo. I keep a voodoo voodoo doll for good luck in my car that I bought from New Orleans. Man. I don't know, man. That shit never really has affected me that much. I'm just, I just kind of accept it. If it does happen, I'm just like, well, I'm a demon today. Oh, well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose go with the flow, right? Yeah, kind of just you're a demon. Yeah. Have you guys um <clears throat> staying on topic with uh Sawan here? Have you guys heard about how the jack o' lantern came around? Yes, but you can tell the story better than me, I'm sure. <clears throat> yeah, you can go ahead and refresh because I don't remember fully. So Cole. Are is are make sure we're talking about the same story here because I'm sure there's a bunch of different ones, but basically about Stingy Jack yeah, and his the, little and the devil. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Stingy Jack, dude, he invites the devil out for a drink, and the devil has a good time, and he wants a second drink with Jack. So Jack, you know, he kind of he pony he ponies out and goes ponies up and he goes back out there with him. He doesn't really want to pay, so he tries to convince the devil to turn himself into coins, so that way he can get him more drinks. But the second he turns into coins, Jack stuffs him in his pouch quickly, and then put him in his pocket next, or he put him the coins in a pouch next to a, a silver cross, so that the devil couldn't go anywhere. He was, you know, he was rendered useless with the silver cross, the crucifix. 
Um, Jack made the devil promise to leave him alone for an entire year and not to damn his soul if he let him change back. And the devil agreed. <clears throat> so, so then Jack <laughs> goes on, you know, a year and, and doesn't have any, you know, more run-ins or, and, he, and he's not damned, you know, he's able to have some success in his life. <clears throat> but then after that year, the devil comes back around. Jack then tricked the devil again into climbing a tree with a crucifix carved into it. Jack then told him to leave him alone for a decade and he would allow him to come back down. The devil is frustrated <clears throat> at this time. He's super pissed. He got him twice. But he honored his word. After, uh, after Jack lets him down, the devil doesn't damn him and the devil doesn't bother him for an entire decade. God at this point is super pissed at Jack <laughs> for all of his mystish. So he then rejects his access to heaven. So when Jack dies, I've already pissed off the devil and no access to hell. And through his mischief and his taunting and his belittling and childlike play that he did towards the devil is not allowed in heaven. He is only given but one gift from the devil and that is a coal a single burning coal because he's stuck in the darkness to wander around with and that's all he's got so he grabs a nearby turnip <clears throat> carves a hole in it and places this coal inside of it to create a lantern and um, that's where the, the story comes you know he's he ends up being jack of lanterns or the jack of lanterns and they shorten it to jack-o-lantern it, it doesn't become a pumpkin until later on when the traditions of Samhain become, you know, Americanized. <clears throat> because I don't even think that, hell, when was it that the squash even made it over to England? You know, they had turnips then. So um, the, the pumpkin and all the, the candle and the pumpkin was popularized in, in America. But you know, then when it started, you know, with the tail, it, it was always a turnip or something like that. One, mm -hmm. one of those vegetables. But I, I found that to be quite the story, you know, kind of taunting the devil, getting getting banished from hell. You know, God kind of turning his shoulder to you and not allowing you access to heaven. And yeah. you're left there in the darkness, That's you know, wild, yeah. to wander around with with a single coal. <clears throat> it's not very nice. Well, don't drink, dude. <laughs> yeah, moral of the story. <laughs> Devil wanted a drink, and he got more than he barking for. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I guess, um, Joel, did you want to get a little deeper here? <clears throat> Man, I don't really know much about, aside from what you just told me about, it's just pretty straightforward. Well, um, earlier you did mention something about do they sacrifice? Oh, sacrificing children. <laughs> well, <clears throat> some tales may suggest that offerings or sacrifices were made, and in these particular tales, um, the Lebor Gabala Eren, or the Book of Invasions, or the Liberals, or the Liberals, yeah. <laughs> 
But in the book of invasions, the people of Nemed had to give two-thirds of their children, their corn, and their milk to the monstrous Fomorians. It's a lot of fucking kids. If you only have one. <laughs> do you get do you, right, right, you're like, oh, you cut the child that. up into two thirds and give it to him? I mean that's awful to say. I'm sorry. So like on a yearly basis? Like how in the hell would they oh, survive yeah. as a society? I don't know. This is from this is from a book. So who knows? Do, I run, I who are the Fomorians better yet? Fomorians? Fomor- yeah, the Fomorians seem to represent the harmful or destructive powers of nature. Chaos, darkness, death, blight, drought. So, basically, it was a sacrifice. It wasn't like a particular person or a group of people. Do you think it's just like a superstitious <clears throat> thing? Yeah, that's what it seems like, yeah. Hmm. Uh, this tribute paid by the Nemeds people may represent a sacrifice offered at the beginning of winter when the powers of darkness and blight are in the ascendant. According to the latter, and uh, see in a book called *The Annals of Four Masters*, which were written by Christian monks, Sawin in ancient Ireland was associated with a god or idol called Kamkrach. The text claimed that a firstborn child would be sacrificed at the stone idol of Krom and Magsletched. These are, I guess, um, particular locations in a particular town or city they say that king tigernamus or tigermus the three-fourths of his people died while worshiping um this particular place or this particular god crumb oh, shit. <laughs> yeah dude pretty deep damn pretty deep yeah it's pretty wild so is that all like is that all like speculation or are there like records of uh those are yeah those are like tales and books so you can actually look these books up and read them and like actually go into depth on that story and there's apparently a bunch <clears throat> it seems like you know each different you know you know religious sect or area you know has one you know like each different mythology if you will has mm-hmm. kind of like their yeah. own tales of of traditions and and deeds that are, that happen on um Sawan, and they all seem to have, you know, they all seem to carry that same vibe of, you know, uh, dead and, you know, killing people or, you know, rituals, uh, definitely offerings. And um, it's weird how they all seem to have kind of the similar, you know, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because hmm. humans are crazy. Which I do what now? Because humans are crazy. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Did you ever see that footage where Alex Jones, like, busted into a Bohemian Grove thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I it's have. So have you wild. seen him uh, explaining it? I don't know if I've... S- no, I haven't. I've just seen, like, little snippets of, like, the, the craziness. It looks like it was taken from an old VHS camera you throw on your shoulder yeah. and shit. Yeah, but, I mean, it was like, a ritual, you know? It's like these... Uh, what do they call those... Uh, um. Oh shit! I don't know. There's these rituals those elites do. I can't remember what it's called. It's probably a good thing I don't say it. 
Dude, I was watching that one. It was like this one rapper has a podcast. It's not. I think it's like Timbaland or something. Or no, Ti is Ti a rapper? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Ti had had Alex Jones on his podcast for some reason, and Alex Jones was (laughs) and Alex Jones was like uh, explaining to uh, Ti the Bohemian Grove thing, and like Ti is like like giving him like the weirdest looks. It's so funny. Oh my god, I have to do that. He's never heard of like a. Yeah, dude, it's hilarious. It's on YouTube. Just look up like T.I. Alex Jones and it'll it'll come up. Oh my god. I've got to check that out. I met him once. He's pretty wild. Alex? Mr. Jones? Yeah, I have a friend that works for the Wars. Shout out to Jacob Ingalls. Nice. He's got to come on the pod, bro. So when when are we getting Alex on the podcast? Yeah, right. I'm trying to get Jacob and Tyler to come on. They already agreed to come on, but they every time I'm like, just tell me a date and a time, and I'll make it work. And I haven't got word back yet. Well, just, That'd be crazy. It's a busy time of the year right now. I think for everybody, there's a lot happening, and I think there's a lot going to go on this week, but... Yeah, well, they've been in D.C., I think, the whole last week, doing something. Do y'all want to finish this up with any of your own traditions that you like to do or that you're planning to start or something that you you want to bring forth to the table with finishing thoughts here? Well, this is the first year that I'm going to be giving out candy. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the first year I've, I've had my house, so it's weird. I will add, I don't think we get a lot of trick or treaters around here. Oh, they yeah. always seem no. They always seem to go in the other neighborhood over. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I was just gonna. So get don't like buy a whole bowl. lot, but yeah, get a bowl. But I, I mean, if you have some, that'd be surprising to me. Last, you know, four or five years that I've been here, I haven't had much, if yeah. any at all. Yeah, the, so, this you know, maybe, to be just like older people. But... Yeah, we definitely need to get together and do uh do something. Let's try to partake oh, yeah. in some of these festivities. I've got. I've probably got, <laughs> I've probably got about ten pumpkins to carve. You know, yeah, we can do yeah. some, we can do some pumpkin carving or something. Yeah. But yeah, we're trying. I like to, to do the whole nine, man. Thing. Yeah, I try to do the whole nine. I definitely uh, leave a pumpkin out lit overnight. I try to do them every night of October, and you know, I watch Halloween movies like crazy. But the traditional ones, man, the the, the old classics, the John Carpenters and. You know, half the time when I watch the ones that have like twelve versions of it, like the Jason, there's like twelve of them. I don't even watch but oh, yeah. the first one, and then go on to something else. Yeah, I mean, those are what the do best, y'all do usually? I'm um, the same. I watch. We should all uh, discuss our favorite horror movies now. That'd be that'd be fun. Ooh, oh my I God, will, let's do it. I will start it off, and I'm gonna go with my number one favorite that I always kick it off with every year, and I and the reason why I'm gonna go with a horror or Halloween, um. And not my Nightmare Before Christmas, because I, I say that's a Christmas movie. But I'm going to go with a movie called Trick or Treat. That's pretty good. Heard of that. that movie is phenomenal. It's actually got, I think, three or four different storylines going on that all intertwine at the same time. They kind of tie it all in at the end. And it is actually about the traditions of Samhain. They intertwine those stories with the... Yes, very good movie. If you have not seen it, I recommend watching it, like, soon. I saw it, but it was years ago and on drugs. 
Yeah, you need to check it out again. You probably missed a lot of the, you know, the plot and stuff because there's a lot going on. <clears throat> like literally all four plot lines are intertwining at times. So what are the confines? I don't even know if that's the right word. What are the constraints? Let's go there. What are the constraints of this Halloween movies? Is it just horror movies in general or does it yeah. have to be Halloween? No, they're just like horror movies. I was I was talking this, but yeah, like whatever you consider to be festive time of the year for you that you would watch. I mean, really, any gore horror movie would count. So throw out your favorite there. Mine this time of year would be Trick or Treat. I like it. Well, you guys gonna have to give me a second because that's a hard decision for me to make. Oh, I know. I know how many movies you have. I, I could imagine, Joey or Cole. You're gonna have to go next. Yeah, I. I I probably just had to say Halloween, honestly. The original John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah the original. my man. I don't know. There's there's something about it. There's just a vibe about that movie. You know. It you want me to Halloween. tell you what it is? What? It's the uh, it's the original pumpkins <coughs> and the original jack o' lantern look. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the pumpkins in every single scene. Plus, it was the very first movie about Halloween. There were yeah. no other scary movies like it. There were no other, you know, and I think John Carpenter even says, you know, so one of the guys that worked on the film with him came to him, you know, one of the filmographers or something came to him was like, you know, nobody has made a movie like just about Halloween like this. And that's where he came up with the name. He's like, you know what? You're right. I don't know why I didn't think of this years ago. He called it Halloween. Oh, yeah. But there's literally like pumpkins in every scene and it's just got that. It, and it's also, it, it started to make Halloween in America for adults. You know, it started that, you know, opposite end of sexy almost. You know, you can wear yeah. sexy costumes and stuff, but then you go and you watch the gory, scary, crazy movie before you take off the costumes, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, dude. It's funny, too, because I think the story is supposed to be taking place in Illinois, but they obviously filmed it in California, so all the trees are still green. I you know, it's just kind of funny. Uh, thanks for ruining it for me. I didn't notice that. <laughs> I never noticed it until I pointed it out. And I'm like, oh my god! But yeah, I do. I love that movie. Like the soundtrack. I, I love like old eighties, mm. like a horror movie. Well, that entire score was written by him, by John Carpenter, while he was. And it actually has like, is it the um, Western Kentucky University Symphony? Like the entire uh, band. For those first scores of his movies like that and the fog and stuff was all from western kentucky university because that's where he grad that's where he went to school at shout out wku yeah, i didn't know that right. that's cool yeah kentucky all right joe you're up brother man so i'm gonna have, i'm actually gonna throw a couple out in genres just do it do it yeah lay it out for us so zombie movie, I'm gonna go with the dead next door because it's just absolutely ridiculous, and it has dubbing with um, Bruce Campbell. And let's see, for we'll just say non-American horror, I'm gonna go with um, Audition from um, God. I can't even say his name, but uh, Makashi Miyake or something like that. He's the same dude that wrote uh, E.T. the Killer. But Audition, if you've never seen it, is a pretty fucked up, crazy movie. Um, and then, like, just old school, you know, traditional 80s, or 80s, 70s horror movie. I'm gonna go with 
see types of Halloween. I don't know, maybe the Phantasm movies. Those are pretty those are pretty neat. They were cheesy, but they were good. Hmm. I'm gonna be honest, I've never heard of any of those. What? <laughs> so Phantasm is a really, really great, like kinda cheesy series. There's like six of them total, but the first one came out in the late seventies, um, during that period. And it's about okay. essentially this other dimension of dwarves and some guy that runs a cemetery kind of deal um and yeah it's pretty cool the ichi the killer is really badass it is essentially like a anti-hero superhero and it's this little asian dude and um i don't know how to explain it otherwise and he's like this little shy guy that gets contracted to kill people but like the opening credits of the movie have him like jerking off outside of this prostitute's house and then the jizz hits the ground and it comes and then the name Ichi the Killer comes out of his jizz and it's just like the most violent Japanese horror movie you may ever see. Sure. Or I'm sorry, I was talking about audition. But audition, yeah, it's about this girl who tries out for a um to be on T V or something like that for a news channel. She gets rejected and the guy who runs it keeps saying he's gonna call her back and he never does. So she gets all psycho and ends up kidnapping him and doing some really, really fucked up shit to him. Yeah. I'm going to take it, uh, I'm going to take it a little left field here. And I've recently sat down with Harmony and watched every single Twilight movie. And I have to say that those fucking movies are actually pretty good. I enjoyed myself thoroughly watching that with her. I've never seen them. Dude, I had like watched I think the first one way back when it was like, Neh. but then watching them with her, I actually sat down and like when she would kind of like tell me some things here and there, like the shit was legit. It was action packed enough, and I mean, it was I don't know, y'all think you'd probably get into it if you hadn't seen them, especially now. Getting into those sappy animes and I've shit. I've seen them with my uh my ex girl. I don't know what you want to call her. My ex-girlfriend is what I'm in the car right now. Um, but I saw them with her. And, I mean, they're not horrible. They're not good. But they're not horrible. I guess, like, I compared the, that series to, like, I like True Blood. But is True Blood good? Not really. But I didn't like still, True Blood. It's, it's still oh, enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, True Blood fans. Well, uh, what about, um, I mean, I like Candyman, of course. Yeah. All the classics like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, those are good, of course. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is up there, too. That movie is just, like, so yeah. low budget. Uh, all right, so now I'm canceling, because this is our culture, we cancel shit. I'm canceling all my choices, and I'm going with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Number two? Yeah, just because. So as a preface, I need to that movie came out they around the same time as the Breakfast Club, I think. But their promotional posters, the Toby Hooper made all the characters from Texas Chainsaw Massacre two set themselves up exactly like Breakfast Club um, kids are on their poster. So I actually have those posters side by side next to me right now. But yeah, that is <laughs> the funny. Best. 
you know what I saw earlier? I saw that the the sub characters in Jurassic Park were wearing like the same clothes as the Goonies. Go back and look for it. You'll see it. All right. Uh, well, have any of you guys watched the HP Lovecraft series at all on is it Hulu? I have not. What's it called? It's called Lovecraft. It's some type of like uh, uh, American horror story style series, but it's based off HP of Lovecraft. I know it's called Lovecraft. No, I haven't seen that. I have not either. I, I will look into that. Yeah. Um. Real quick, I know we're here. We're at an hour. Real quick, but just real quick, five minutes. Have you guys seen this shit about homeboy? Um, who was like in business with Hunter Biden and now he's going before the Senate tomorrow and he's going to be a guest for tonight's debate. Wait, what's his name? Bobolitsky. Her, hold on, I'm pulling him up. Tony Bobolunsky. I read um, some uh, stuff briefly either um, late yesterday or earlier today about it, but I haven't gone into that. I haven't been able to. So a super high uh-huh. level, he is um, Hunter Biden's ex-business partner or associate. And I believe, I'm double checking right now, um, but they have like all these ties to like Ukrainian and Chinese business people and stuff like that. And they found that he's testifying that he has apparently like three cell phones that have text messages that directly you know, show that Joe Biden was in business with Hunter's partners in, like, the Ukraine and China and stuff like that. Yeah, what and I this- saw is that he was getting uh, some scrapings for the Biden name. I saw that some money was coming. Yeah, anyway, so they care who. a bunch of dealings in China involving both Hunter Biden and Uncle Jim Biden, and he's turning over a bunch of phones... And the Senate is going to start questioning him tomorrow, and they're going to start basically figuring out the validity of these text messages and his testimony. And he wow. said that uh, 10% of the shares in the business they were all in was going directly to Joe. Oh, wow. So, oh, all that Russian and Chinese hoax shit towards Trump. Man, y'all, you just got Biden fucking reamed. Dude, and so, I've only seen that stuff from, like, my uh, friends who are, like, into, like, conspiracy or, like, you know, conspiracy subreddit. And I also read something that said, like, CNN wasn't, made a statement so they weren't, like, reporting on it because they said it, like, quote-unquote, wasn't relevant to the election or something of that yeah, nature. Yeah, NPR got in trouble for it. Yeah, they're not reporting on it either, I saw, which uh, apparently... John Paul Rice, if you guys don't know him, follow him. I'm trying to get him on the pod. Yeah, no. John, if you're listening to this, don't forget us. Don't forget about us on Beard and Brain. But no, he's uh he's sharing all sorts of links about it, man. Uh these these people that have apparently been in the media reaching out to him directly. So, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. You said it's uh he's going to be a guest on the debate when? Yeah, tonight, like fucking Trump specifically oh, invited him to be a guest at tonight's debate. What time is that? I think now. Oopsies. Yeah. Oh, well. 
I think it's either eight or nine, but. Uh, well, yeah, it's ought to be interesting. See how that pans out in court. Remember, the drinking game for tonight. Well, Britain doesn't drink, so every time you hear Biden say, "Come on, man, you have to drink one of your uh, Horitos things." Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Come on, man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Memes where it's like Trump saying something, then it's just Joe Biden saying, "Like, shut up, man." <laughs> It was hilarious when he told him to shut up. That was so funny. Dude, <clears throat> I saw something where, like, uh, social media, like, super follows, like, who you like as far as, you know, they're, they're polling, like, who who likes what. And then, like, there's all these little new fads where it's, like, go to your Facebook page and, you know, see who who likes Joe Biden and then see who likes Trump. Well, I went in there and liked both of them, so I'm going to be like that one statistic that likes both. <laughs> I'm going to be like, this fuck over here. <laughs> I don't know. I just yeah. want to skew the statistics a little bit just to be a dick. It's so stupid, though, because just because someone like follows a page doesn't mean they like agree with it. Fuck no. Hell no, dude. I follow the official Flat Earth Society group just because it's yeah. absolutely hilarious. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's okay to like you know, what do they say? What's the knuckle roll? Just like with your finger. Never mind. We'll get in that. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm anyway. serious. Though, like, I'm only watching tonight's debate just to see if anyone brings up Biden's gun control plan because that shit's fucking insane. And yeah, I'll probably watch it. If anybody in the Rust Belt. But yeah, I mean, he's like just basically like we're banning everything. You can't even buy a grip online if you want to. All the richies are not liking his tax plan. Fifty cent out there. Fifty pent dog. He ain't he ain't with that noise, is he? He don't want that tax noise. Well, I don't want to pay any taxes. No, and what people don't realize too is like no love. He is technically raising our taxes as well. Um, because you can't just like you can't just choose the highest bracket and say, "Oh, we're, you're going to be at this level." Like, every single level has to be, in, be, you know, advanced incrementally. So I forget mm-hmm. the numbers of it. I was looking at them earlier today, but it's basically like a uh, between like point five and one point five decimal increase for every bracket in the taxes tax code. So, yes, your taxes will be raised if you only make $10,000 a year. That's all I need. Dude, I, I watched this one YouTube video. It was like Biden. It was like at some factory. I don't know, like a lot of like blue collar workers. And they were asking about like his uh, gun control laws. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to take away your AR-14s. And the guy's like, you don't even know what the <laughs> fuck they're called. He's like, oh. <laughs> AR-14? Well, part of his gun control thing is you're only allowed to hunt with three shells. First of all, shells means like, what, we gonna go shoot pheasants and shit, some birds, some quail? Is fucking Dick Cheney gonna guide us on a hunting trip? God, hope not. And... Shot in the face. Right, but... So, I mean, like, what if you're like... What if you're trying to hunt with slugs or some shit? That's not legal now? Like, it makes no sense to just point out you can only go hunting with three shells and i think like 
the most bullets you can have is 10 rounds or something. So it means, like, I don't know how that would work with certain handguns and stuff, because, you know, generally they go from 7 rounds to 16, 17, whatever you have, 20 in some cases. I don't know. I'll leave it at this. It, it certainly seems like they're the Biden sucks so bad. It's almost like they're making it like Trump's the only option again. So I don't know. I'll just leave it with that. I feel like, I feel like most people are saying like, you know, let's settle for Biden, even though he's like, we know he sucks, but you know, so a lot of people are saying, I would rather just stick Dude. with what we got now and kind of ride that out than even like it's insane because like most go like, the opposite fucking end halfway through. Yeah, it's like insane because like most Democrats have like somewhat lenient drug laws, but Joe Biden's just like so blatantly like you know anti marijuana. Right. It's like you know like what like is there anything like redeeming about this dude? Like I don't know. I mean, I can't say anything. I mean, just a simple, you know how bad he and Kamala Harris is. There's no way I could ever support yeah. them. I mean, Dude, the no, only I thing yeah, that's really know why, negative like, about Trump. Yeah. Dude, like, Bernie got fucking cheated so hard. Like, I don't even know why oh, people yeah. are even, like, Democrats at the time of day. If like, they would have kept Bernie, Bernie like, they would have had a way better chance. Oh, dude, they probably would have won. I mean, like, Bernie was pulling numbers bigger than, like, Trump and Biden's rallies, like, both, and somehow he didn't get the nomination. Like, it's so obvious what's going on. Right. And that's just my thing. Like, the only thing that people really have against Trump is just that he says stupid shit on Twitter and on his, you know, interviews. But his actual policy has been pretty legit so far, so I'm down for it. Yeah. It's either him or Bourbon Supreme. You don't, yeah. All right, and Vernon. Same, or Harambe again. Yeah. Harambe well, got 15,000 votes. All right, yeah, we can cut out any of this bullshit. I still haven't decided. I'll probably wait. We got time. Go ahead and do your uh, closing stuff. Hmm? I say, if no one else has anything, we can go ahead and close it out. Yeah. I said we're going to wrap this up. <clears throat> thank you all for joining us. And uh, thank you, Cole, for joining us as well. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, not a problem. And that's it, guys, for another episode of Beard and Brain Podcast. Bye, bitches.